welcome you to the table today. We are here on the 4th of July because we've been busy and it's the 4th of July and we can't do it tonight, so we just are doing it today because we're closed here at the daycare. And so it's kind of neat to come in here early and um, when there's nobody here, no noise or whatever. So we're going to talk about the persecuted church today. And that's just kind of like where we are in our life. Uh, there's lots of persecution that's going on in different well, it's getting, I think it's getting worse since mm -hmm. COVID. I think since there's been the, I think the vaccine kind of brought on the first division. Well, actually Black Lives Matter brought the first division and then uh, the vaccine. And then now it's just everything's division. And yeah. so uh, pretty soon there's going to be a line drawn in the sand and you're going to have to choose which side you stand on. Um, and so and a lot of people don't think that there is a lot different sides, but there really there really is different sides of that you can choose. There's a world side, and then there's the church side. Um, there's a lot of professing Christians who um, are standing in the world right now, and hopefully, with learning um, about the persecuted church in Acts, will show you which side you need to be on. It's not political. There is no political side, although you know one side stands more uh, for God's word than the other side does. Um, but this isn't a political stance. This is, this is good versus evil church versus world mm -hmm. God versus Satan. You know, it, it is, it is, we're going to draw that line and wherever you land is where you land and you'll have to decide whether you're going to be strong enough to stand. If there's persecution that comes for you in your job or, um, in your family and your friends. I never dreamed that our family and friends would be the ones that would persecute against us or fellow Christians who are claiming to be Christians. Um, and so we're going to kind of first start in Acts. I love Acts. I didn't, I, I love Acts because mm -hmm. it's so action packed. It feels like an action movie. Um, but this is where the church started. So there was no, there was no building. Uh, there was no, um, they just kind of, it just kind of happened. Like mm -hmm. it, the Lord would just add to their number every day. And they met in people's, where people live. Yeah. 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 It and just, it was just kind of wherever and, and whatever. And so the very first, what we're going to kind of talk about is um, in Acts 4. But, you know, as soon as Jesus raised from the dead, that's kind of when it all started because they were proclaiming a risen Lord. And because Jesus raised from the dead, his power, the Holy Spirit came down on them and, the, and um, they were able to heal. There was a, a beggar that was, um, he was about 40 years old and he had sat mm -hmm. at the gate begging every day since he was little. Everyone had seen him. Everyone knew him, uh, knew that he was a beggar and they healed this man. And so... It was Peter and... Yes, Peter and... and Paul? John. John. And they, so it was like no denying that these men had power. Yeah, because so, he had sat there for years and mm -hmm. years and years yep. and had never had, um, he would, was that disabled from birth. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. So here we've got them. They, they start healing and they are meeting in Solomon's, it's, it was like Solomon's porch and it was covered. And so it was in the temple. And so that's where everybody would come every day to listen to Peter and John and everybody preach the risen Lord. And it got the eyes of the temple guards and the mm -hmm. temple uh, priest and the Pharisee and the Sadducee. And that's what kind of started the persecution because they were like, it went against Judaism. 
Uh, it went against their politics. And so these men were causing havoc in the temple. People were, I mean, at one time there was 20,000, 20,000 if you count the women and the children, um, that were gathered in, in, this, in this little area of the temple, kind of like a courtyard. And all of that is in um, Acts 3 and then, yeah, Acts 3. And so what we're going to do is we're going to hit um, in Acts 4, and this is where they are first, um, where, the, where, where everybody comes to, to Paul, or not Paul, to Peter when he's preaching, and they put their hands on him and they arrest him. And so that's kind of like when, when the whole persecution starts, and it's still continuing today. So it, it will continue into the rapture of the church, and it will continue after that because there'll be lots of people slaughtered by the Antichrist for mm -hmm. taking, um, for siding with Jesus. So persecution is not going away. It's only going to get worse. Um, but I really want to kind of like, um, before I start on that, I want to tell you a few of the different types of persecution that, that they have done. Some of them were horrendous and, uh, I would never, you know, I, it scares me because I think, you know, where I am right now, I don't know where, where we're headed as far mm -hmm. as with persecution. And so like some of these things were done and they were horrible. So, um, there were five outbreaks of the church in the church's life. Um, it was the Jerusalem church. It was just weeks old before it started to be persecuted. So not very long at all. But then in, in 67 AD, Nero, he would sew people in the skins of, like, the animals, and then um, he would take them out and leave them for the wild dogs to eat them. They were sewn in skin that they couldn't get out of and then left for the animals to eat. That's horrible. It is horrible. Um, they were also drenched in wax, and they were lit as torches for their parties. I mean, to me, I just can't understand that, like, you see these people being brutally murdered. And they would stand them on those things. Yes. Yeah. And people would, they would be so happy about it. Like they would rejoice in it because, you know, it was against the, the it was against the Judaism that they believed in. Um, and then there was division. Um, I'm not sure who this is, but he brought the rack that would separate the body parts and they would sear and stone and boil and burn and hang people for uh, claiming to, uh, follow Jesus. And then in 162 AD is when the beheading started. And there was, there were over 300 Christians burned alive, like in this lime. Um, I don't know if it was a field or what it was, but they were burned alive. Um, and so persecution, and there's over a hundred million people right now in today that are being persecuted, not by like social status where you're rejected by, you know, you're canceled or anything. This is like life-threatening persecution. And so those are in third world countries. Um, you know, if you, if you could convert from Judaism to Christianity, you know, you can be arrested there. I mean, they can kill you. I don't know in, in, um, Islam, if you, if you are a convert, then they will kill you and your family. Mm -hmm. So it's like hiding, you know, you hear the secret church that David Platt used to, uh, go do. And the, and these people go like at, in the morning hours and they they want the whole Bible because they know that when they get up they've got to go to work and they're not going to be if they're caught with the Bible they're murdered I mean it is it is really really bad well they had the underground um, church in yeah. China yeah I mean we've been to China and so like we weren't allowed like I, I went over there and I was like oh I'm gonna lay tracks out and they're like they will arrest you 
And so there was one little island that they had a church service and, um, but you were not allowed to talk about Jesus over there. But the crazy thing is, is we would go, we went in this pizza hut and it was at Christmas time and, uh, we went in this pizza hut and they were playing joy to the world, but they don't know who they're singing joy to the world to. It was in yeah. Chinese, you know, but I could understand, you could hear the music. Um, and it was just so crazy because they don't know that that song is about Jesus. So they would play the Christmas carols and everything else, but they were just clueless to what it was. So anyway, so we do have it good here in, in the United States. We're thankful for our freedom, especially with today being the 4th of July. Um, this podcast will, will hit on Friday, so it'll be on the 6th, mm-hmm. right? 6th, 7th. And so... Um, you know, but today, you know, we do celebrate our freedom that we do have freedom of speech and religion um, and able to worship Jesus. But it's coming <laughs> to where we're not going to be able to. And that's why people, I think when they, um, you know, they, they're politically driven, which I was in the very beginning. Um, I do think it matters who our president is and who our president is. It isn't. definitely matters. Look at the world today. Yes, yes. Um, so I do follow politics, but my hope is not in politics because I know where the world has to get for the tribulation. Mm-hmm. So we know that it's it's never going to be these things like have to happen. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's never going to be prior uh, normal. Like I, I was thinking the other day before we we would go on vacation and we were. Pl- I mean, I know people are still going on vacation, but like you have to think now. Like you have to worry about people just randomly shooting or or all of those things, you know, it's, it's not the world of carefree that it was prior in, in 2019. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just, you just didn't have a worry in the world other than, you know, um, just small little things. And yeah. so now it's, it's totally different. Um, so we're going to, we're going to, I'm going to go straight to Acts four. Um, and this is where Peter and John, um, they're, they're preaching in the temple And it says, and as they were speaking to the people, the priest and the captain of the temple and the Sadducee came upon them greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming um, in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. And so um, they had a law that you couldn't hold court at night, nothing could happen at night, which is so funny because that's when Jesus had his court. You see, mm-hmm. so it was always like um, hypocrisy almost. If they wanted to sneak something in, they do it at night. Yeah, uh, but they then do that they, now. Yeah, and they still do that. Yeah, um, but many of those who had heard the word believed, and so that's why it's important to stand, even though if you're in persecution, the Holy Spirit still moves, and the number of men came to be about five thousand. Um, on the next day, the rulers and elders. And the scribes gathered together in Jerusalem, and they had all the high priests and stuff with them. And they wanted to know, by what power or by what name did you do this? So they, were, they healed the man, and so the man is, is, is there uh, standing in front of them, and they could not deny that he had been healed. <clears throat> then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and peoples and people and elders, If we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. 
This Jesus is stone, is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which have become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated common men. They were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. But when they had, had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another. So, of course, they're like, you know, devising a plan, which that's what they do. The, the people who guarded the tomb, they bribed them not to say that Jesus was. Mm -hmm. uh, so everything is a cover up. Um, what shall we do with these men? For that's a notable sign that has been performed through, uh, through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem that we cannot deny. But in order that they may not spread it any further among the people, let us warn them not to speak no, to no one in this name. And so it wasn't the fact that they healed a man because they said it was a good thing, um, but they just didn't want it in the name of Jesus. And so that is where the persecution comes. If you stand in the name of Jesus, if you stand for Jesus, you will be persecuted. You hear a lot of people talk about, um, I want to give thanks to God and mm -hmm. stuff, but yeah. definitely don't say Jesus it as much as they... It crazy. Like, in, even in graduation speeches or any time that you have a platform to speak the name of Jesus, you better speak the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Because he says, if you deny me before others, I'll deny you before... And, you know, it's everybody believes in God, mm -hmm. but they don't believe in Jesus. And so if you're a Christian, don't say God. Speak the name of Jesus because that is the name that gets you to heaven. I mean, that's just, it, it is, it's just how it is. And so um, Satan is the king of this world and uh, he is after those who confess Jesus. And so like if you're not being persecuted, um, what does your life look like? Are you standing up for Christ? Do you talk about Christ? Do you, you know, and, and you have been put, um, our pastor was talking on Sunday um, your field is where you are. And so a lot of people will be like, oh, I hate my job because, uh, and it reminded me of you. He said, <laughs> I hate my job because there's no Christians there. And he said, praise the Lord yeah. that you've been chosen. You get to be that light. Yes. Mm -hmm. But if you cower away, those people around you are who you are, are supposed to reach. Um, I was just listening to, um, Tony Evans on standing firm in the faith. And that was one of the things that he was talking about is people want to see someone stand That's firm. Right. People want to look up to that person who That's can, right. um, be consistent in, in their belief and, um, show up and be that person where, um, as an they example. can look up to yeah. for an example. Yeah. Exactly. A lot of people will say to me, you know, you're so bold. I wish I could like be bold like you. You can, you are required to, you're supposed to. Um, and so they say I inspire them. And so that's what's standing strong mm -hmm. in your faith that nothing, no, nothing that anybody says to you or does to you um, makes you fall. And so that does inspire other people to stand firm in their faith because right now everybody's just kind of like they don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. They don't want to offend anybody. Um, I still struggle with that. One of the things that I've always wanted to be able to do is say what I mean, but say it in a way that people get it mm -hmm. and they're not totally offended you're gonna offend them i know and the word of god offends it offends my sin i think i just think it's beautiful to watch someone who has that ability to be able yeah. to like speak the truth yes i still get fleshy yeah 
I'm still mm-hmm. fleshy. And so, um, he, that he, but he, you're not going to, you're not going to know how to do it and, and you're going to mess up and you're going to make mistakes and you're going to hurt people's feelings. But the Holy Spirit gives you the power to apologize. Mm-hmm. And, um, he teaches you just like when Jesus sent out the two disciples, you know, they came back and, and, you know, they would mess up or whatever. And Jesus would not correct them, but he would just say, okay, we'll just dust your sandals off. And he would just, they would report back to him and he would help teach um, just like the two that wanted to call fire down from heaven um, and just burn people up. You know, Jesus is like, really? You know, yeah. um, so, you know, we're, we're human. We're going to make mistakes. And, and he knows that he doesn't require you to be perfect. He doesn't want you to be perfect. He just wants, and the way that you know what to say is because you're in the word and mm-hmm. you pray about it. Um, so Christian persecution is expected. So if you call yourself a Christian, you will be persecuted. Um, there, People, will, they need to see what your hope is. And if you look just like the world and you talk just like the world, you know, we're set apart for this season right now. We are, I believe we are the blessed generation that will see Christ come back. Um, and some some of us uh, won't die. This will, be, I believe we've been a blessed generation. I believe I was created for the end times to stand bold. Um, I've, I've wondered all through my life, like, why am I so bold? Because I would always stick my foot in my mouth through my life and I didn't want to be like that and I on my Pinterest board I even have like a meekness because I wanted to be meek and quiet and I couldn't understand why I just never was quiet and meek and it's because today I needed to be bold Mm -hmm. and loud and um but I'm learning to not be fleshy but it still creeps in it still creeps in and I have to have the power of the Holy Spirit to restrain me sometimes because I do want to retaliate and I do want to get that last poke in, you mm-hmm. know, uh, because they come for your family and they come for your job and they come for everything. They want to hurt you. Uh, I just did a TikTok on Galatians four sixteen, and it says, have I now become your enemy because I speak, I told you the truth and that's it. You know, most people want the truth until it affects their sin or the sin that they love. And then you become their enemy and you become somebody that they don't like. And so, but vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And uh, we're supposed to turn the other cheek. So Paul warned that everyone who lived a godly life in Christ would be persecuted. And that's 2 Timothy 3.12. And so it's expected. And I think that once we wrap our mind around that, that it is expected to, you know, for you to be persecuted, then it's easier but Jesus said that if uh, if they persecuted him, they would also persecute his followers. And that's John 15, 20. Um, he made it clear that the world would hate Christians because the world hates Christ. And so you have to understand that. Like, this is not your home. I know a, a lot of times people, they just don't believe that this is Satan's kingdom, that he is the God of this world because God made the world. And everybody thinks God is this big loving God, but he is a just judge and he will judge justly. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and, and people will get what's coming to them. Um, I even warn people sometimes, if you speak against another Christian, um, be careful. Be careful because you will get it. Just like when Jesus came after Paul. Paul was going to persecute the Christians. And he's like, why are you persecuting me? And in his mind, he's like, I'm not persecuting you. I'm persecuting these Christians. But if you persecute a Christian, you persecute right. Jesus. And he takes it very serious. And so... Um, and nobody believes that there's judgment or wrath on earth, um, but you're disciplined um, if you're a Christian. Um, Jesus 
it says God disciplines the ones he loves and he, he disciplines you through the struggles and the things that you go through in life. Satan means to destroy you, but God will turn it around for your good and he'll use it as discipline to call you out of sin. Um, a lot of people I feel like who have anxiety and depression, um, you know, when you get so tired that it takes your, takes your, um, like your social, you know, you can't move because you're so captive by dis, by um, anxiety and stuff, and you have to rely on the Lord. That's what he does. He gets you so, he, he allows you to go so low to get whatever your attention, he needs to get your attention until you rely on him and you surrender it to him. And when you surrender it to him, he will heal you from it. And that is, that is the truth. People want to be healed from anxiety, get in the word and pray. You want to be healed from depression, get in the word and pray. That's who your healer is, not medicine. And I'm not saying it's not good to take medicine because, I mean, you've got to get to that point to where you can rely only on Jesus. And I used to make fun of people who used to tell me all the time, cast all your anxieties on the Lord. And I'd be like, at this moment, I just wasn't strong enough and I needed mm -hmm. medicine. But when you when you know where your healing comes from, uh, you you run to it and he heals. He heals more than you ever would know. Or he leads you to a path of treatments or yeah, yeah. stuff like that that... I mean, he, he's got a hand in that too. So. Yeah, yep, that's right. So I do believe he's, he's used many, many things that were not for my good to get me to where I am now. So um, I had a lady message me. We were talking about, I, I get constant messages about how did I lay down prescription pills. And um, a lot of people have found themselves there. And they want to know how I did it. And I said, because I wanted Jesus more. And so I'm walking through a couple women right now through detox and they know that they can reach out to me 24 hours a day for encouragement. That's awesome. Um, and it's just been, it's beautiful that the Holy Spirit is using me, um, who is just full of flesh still to encourage someone else to lay it down. And that's worth me getting off of it. Mm -hmm. You know, all the suffering that I did, all of the wallering around in the, in the yard and crying out to the Lord to rescue me. His plan was so much bigger than just me getting off pills he had this, you know, where other people, he could use me to help other people. And so understand that you, your calling is important because somebody is needing you to be who God created you to be so they can get out of darkness. Mm -hmm. So everybody has a big, mighty work. Like me and you, we would have never dreamed that we would end up here. And we have set our women's conference for the 15th and 16th of September. Um, there are several of us that are going to be speaking and teaching and, um, my pastor is going to do question and answers. And I mean, it's just going to be really, really wonderful. Um, but if you'd have told me that's where this table would have led us, uh, it's just, it just blows my mind. And I know that in, when you walk in obedience, there's more. And so like, don't think, don't settle for your life. Don't settle for this worldly life because he has a plan to prosper you before the foundations of the earth. Yeah. So, um, let's see. Jesus made it clear that the world hates Christians because the world hates Christ. The world, um, any, any person that's living like Christ, he's going to come after. But a person living like the world, vain, earthly, given over to pleasure and wealth and ambition, he's not going to bother you because you're living worldly. Um, and so it, we have to self-evaluate, self like, what is important to me? Um, my husband made a comment last night that I, like, he's still growing, you know, and I do give him grace, um, some, 
But uh, we were talking about the vaccine, and because they were asking Keaton, my son was in an accident last night, and I'll go into that in just a little bit, but they were asking him if he had the COVID shot, and he was like, no, but he was on some pain medication too. So um, so we were talking about that when we got Keaton home, and I told David, I said, you know, that's the that was persecution, and, and the hospital was actually going to make my husband, who mows the outside and does landscaping, they were going to have to be vaccinated, and David was going to do it for his job. And he was like, I could have lost a lot of money. And, and I look at him, and I'm like, I'm about to knock you off this couch because you, I mean, I had to throw a fit. Yeah. And so they're still growing there, but that's where most people are. Like, that's, you don't want to lose a customer. Yeah, that's where a lot of people were um, when those vaccine mandates yeah. came down. It's like, have to feed my family i have to be able to take care That's of my right. family and so they were either coerced or kind of pushed into doing That's right. it That's right. and i just feel so bad for um those those people because the health issues that come has come have with came that with it, yes tons of health issues we and have. it was may have not have been something they wanted to do they just did it because they knew they had to keep mm-hmm. their job to take care of their families That's right and i don't think they realized where we were like i think if we could go back and you could know that um, this was just a form of, I, I totally believe that everything was planned, like the virus, everything. Um, and I think that they just wanted to see how, how, cause I mean, there's coming a time when you're going to have to take the mark or you're not, everybody keeps saying it. Oh, was that the mark? No, the vaccine was not the mark. You're not going to be you have to dude into taking yeah, it. Yeah. You have to knowingly. Yes, you will take it because you fear for your life and you want your family to live. Because if you don't, you won't be able to eat. You won't be able to buy, sell, anything. You will. And if they catch you, you will be slaughtered. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's scary. That's why you don't want to miss the rapture. Because you don't want to have to make those decisions for you and your family. Um, and a lot of people, you know, it's 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 just, if you all knew what was coming, everybody would be in the Word right now and praying. And it's very soon. So, um, but I do believe that that's part, like, this is Satan's kingdom. This is everything that goes on here is his plan for his will. Uh, God is not, I mean, he will intervene for his Christian, for those who follow him, but everybody else, until you call out the name of Jesus, you're, you're on your own and your prayers won't be answered. You won't have blessings. You won't have treasure. I will tell you bad stuff still happens to Mm -hmm. good people when, you know, but like, I think it's discipline. Um, and I'll share kind of what we're going through right now with my son, but um, I told him that I felt like um, what happens, you know, Satan always means for for to harm you and to destroy you, but God he intervenes and he uses it for your good to teach you a lesson, and that was me. Uh, I would all my sin choices. I got tired of that, and um, I got tired of battling my own sin choice, and I wanted Jesus more than I wanted the love of the world or the pleasures of the world, and so. Um, but Christians don't belong to this world. I mean, um, the Bible says that. Um, but persecuted Christians are motivated by the love of, of God and holiness, while the world is motivated by the love of sin. We are seeing that right now lived out. Um, the love of sin, the different, if you love your sin. Um, the desensitization, how do you say it? Desensitization. I'm not even trying that one. That one's all on you. Yeah. It's just desensitized. They were desensitized to um, all the sins, and so everybody's just kind of like, "Yes, this is, you know, it's okay. It's okay to do this or that." Made me this way. I mean, we were all born into sin. He snatched us up out of our sinful 
worldly desires and he has a better and it's so much better mm-hmm. like there is there's just so much so much better but that there's value in persecution and I, and this is something that I just have recently realized and we are even to rejoice in persecution and so that's really really hard like Peter and Paul look and John like how did they stand so strong in their persecution when it was a time well for for one they seen with their own eyes a risen Lord and Can nothing could shut them up no and so th- that's why Peter says we've seen these things I'm sitting here if you read his books uh, uh, the Bible he says I've seen with my own eyes I've heard with my own ears and so that's why he was so able mm-hmm. to to stand firm and so we we cling to that and I've tasted and seen that the Lord is good in my own life. Um, I don't have to see him because mm-hmm. I felt him. I know him. Um, and, and it's, it's just, there's no fear. There's no, there's just peace and joy and you just can't understand it at all. Um, persecution allows the Christian to shape, to share in a unique fellowship with the Lord. And so when I'm persecuted, which I'm persecuted a lot here in my town, um, they don't like me very well because I do stand up. Not for just one against one sin. I stand up against all sin because I really, truly want everyone to go to heaven. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to be deceived by Satan by thinking that your sin is okay um, to live in and to practice. And so, um, but it, it, I know that the Lord has called me to that assignment. There was one post you posted the other day that I thought was um, really good. Okay. Have I now become your enemy because yes. I have told you the truth? Galatians four sixteen. Mm-hmm. I thought that was good and fitting yeah. for you. Mm-hmm. Fitting, yep. Yeah. Because I mean, when I, you know, when you speak truth, you become the enemy. But Paul counted it all loss in his in his like you know Paul was a very intelligent man. He had a lot going for him. He could have he had he could have had money, you know, wealth, all that. But he counted everything in this world a loss because he said. Um, Let's see. Paul counted it all, lost everything in the world, his education, his reputation. He left it all and called it rubbish. And in the King James Version, he calls it dung. (laughs) So, I mean, we have a new slang word for dung. But, you know, I mean, that's basically what everything is that you want to succeed. Everybody wants to have money and they want to have power and they want to have a big house and stuff like that. But that is all stuff that's going to burn. I mean, it doesn't mean anything in the kingdom. So don't build your life on worldly possessions. Um, make it the relationship with Jesus. Um, that he may, but he counted all of it lost and rubbish, and that's Philippians three eight. Um, that he may share in the fellowship of Christ's suffering. Paul even counted his chains as grace um, of of God because he had bestowed upon him. He was chosen for that job, mm-hmm. and so like you, he tells them that there's going to be prison and they'll be standing in front of the courts and they will be arrested for his namesake. And so when you're in it and you realize that you've been called to it, it makes it different. You don't, you're not just like you're standing on the truth and there's not anything that can. That's the job that I'm in now. I know that he called me to it. Mm -hmm. And so that was one of the things And I was just talking to somebody about this the other day is like, I know that he called me to that job. And if even though things have been hard at that job, it's almost five years. Um, if I hadn't stood firm 
and persevered and came through that, I wouldn't get to see the rewards That's of, right. you know, the, the work environment that we're in now. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to miss out on that. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. And it's, it's crazy because I remember you coming and saying, you know, like, I, I know he called me here, but it is such a dark place. And then you started praying and things started changing. And that's what he does. You have to have trust in the Lord that if you are faithful, he's going to be faithful. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of times they'll be like, well, what if God doesn't want to answer my prayers? Believe me. Persevere. If, <laughs> if I believe, listen, yeah. I believe. Now, I, I'm not talking about death. Like I'm, I know my dad had pancreatic cancer and I prayed for healing and not everything is God's will. And so what you have to do is figure out what God's will is Mm -hmm. and pray for that. And every prayer that you pray will be answered. And I say that with 100% assurance because of my life. I never had a prayer answered, never had a prayer answered until I started praying in the will of God. And that's for my life and my kid's life. And it's just on fire now. And Mm -hmm. it's like, David, he he'll come to me and he'll and he knows he has seen my prayers like come through. Have you ever seen like and I I would never have called myself a prayer warrior ever in my life because I was a now now lay me down to sleep kind of girl, and um and so David knows that that the Lord answers my prayers and He's faithful to me, and He'll say, "I need you to pray for rain." Well, it hasn't stopped raining <laughs> since I started praying for rain. I mean, we've had storm after storm after storm after storm, and I'm then like, it's supposed to rain all next all week. this week. And I'm thinking, Lord, <laughs> like, but that that's just an example that He always gives you more than what you ask for in your prayers, and so uh, it's just crazy. So anyway, what is that Bible verse? Ephesians three twenty. He is able to do exceedingly yes abundantly above all that we ask or think according to his power that works within us yeah Mm -hmm. and that's that's proof of it so like when you pray for something that you think is so big it will always be bigger Mm -hmm. so but you have to have trust and faith and you can't be you can't go in and obedience yes and you have to pray like you've already and he would have never told us to pray like we already received it if he wasn't going to answer it and so that's what you've got to understand. You have to look for the sin in your life and lay it down. And mm-hmm. when you lay that sin down in, in obedience, he will blow your world up. And that is a 100% fact. It's not just for me. It's not just for Lisa. It's not just for Brittany and Alicia. It's for everyone. And, um, you know, you just have to you just have to be ready to uh, lay the world down. You can't have one foot in the world and one foot out of the world. You can't be silent when somebody comes against God's word. You can't you know, sit down when it's time to stand up. You have to do these things and you'll lose family. You'll lose friends. But those people, believe me, what God has planned for your life will, not that it won't hurt when people walk out of your life because it does, but he's there to comfort you and to let you know that it's okay because everyone walked out on his life too. The only person, all any of his disciples was John at the, at the crucifixion and everyone else was ran, ran and hid. And so um, he knows what it feels like to be alone and to be rejected. And um, he and, and knowing that he knows that and he comforts you um, gives you strength to endure. So, um, so another thing that persecution does, uh, Christian persecution is good for believers. James, it, so persecution is a trial and um, the trials test the Christian's faith and it develops endurance and there's a verse that we've talked about before that says the one that endures is saved not the one that sits down or the one that remains quiet 
or anything like that, the one who endures. So you not only have to, like when the trial comes, persecution comes, you have to finish it. You have to endure it. So persecution might come, like somebody might stand up and say something, and the persecution comes, and then they sit down. They be quiet. You didn't, you didn't pass it. You didn't, you didn't, I mean, there's no endurance there. And so, and that's in James 1, verse 2 and 4. Um, you want to, do you have, will you pull it up on your phone, and, and we'll read that? But it strengthens our faith. It's James 1, 2, 2 and 4. It strengthens our faith. Um, and, and when you see someone else being persecuted, you're able to encourage them and vice versa um, because it shows who your true friends are. It shows who your sisters and brothers are. I hardly ever call anybody a friend anymore. I always say sister. If it's a woman. Would you say one, uh, two, James, and four? Just, yeah, two, three, four. Dear brothers and sisters, whenever trouble comes your way, let it be an opportunity for joy. For when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be strong in character and ready for anything. Um, there's one that I have. Um, Romans 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith in the, this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Yep. So that's what it is. It's it's being someone saying ugly things to you for standing in your faith or mm-hmm. on the truth of God's word and dealing with it and just resting in, I rest in this, the truth. No one, this Bible has been under attack for 2,000 years and it has stood perfectly mm-hmm. for 2,000 years. It's not going to fall in 2023 or 2024. So a lot of people are like, oh, we found out the the truth. You haven't found out the truth. This is the truth, and you stand on it. Um, A Christian yielding graciously to persecution demonstrates a superior quality as compared to the adversaries. This is Hebrew 11.38. It's easy to be hateful, but uh, but Christ-likeness produces kindness and blessings in the in the face of the evil opposition. So like when people, you know, they're hateful, come towards you. But when you don't respond mm-hmm. in the flesh and you don't want to retaliate, they look at you like, how do they have that self-control? Because all of us can go from zero to hero, angry in a minute. But to be calm when they expect you to be angry shows that you have something different that they don't. And it's usually they were like, how, what, what does that person have that I don't? It, it just brings out, it demonstrates your faith. Um, Peter says when they um, hurled the insults at Jesus, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. He trusted the Heavenly Father who judges justly. And that's First Peter 2.23. So that's what you have to remember, that um, you're covered. You're, the Holy Spirit's there with you. Um, there's a verse, I think uh, it's Mark, let's see, Mark 13. Um, It says, signs of the end age, and um, this is verse 3. It says, and as he sat on the Mount of Olives, this is Jesus, opposition of the temple, Peter, James, and John, and Andrew asked him privately, tell us when these things will be, and what will be the sign of them when when these things are about to be accomplished. And Jesus began to say, see that no one leads you astray. 
Many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and he will be led, he will lead many astray. Um, I don't really believe that that totally is a person. I think that many will come in his name is like the world, you know, mm-hmm. AI, um, you know, different people who are, are claiming um, to give you peace and assurance um, because you can be led astray by technology or by drugs or whatever. I think um, he is, is, is Satan, and they, they will lead you astray. And when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is not yet. For the nations will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. These are but the beginning of the birth pains. But beyond your guard, for, that, for they will deliver you over to the councils, and you will be beaten in the synagogues, and you will stand before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them. And the gospel must first be proclaimed to all nations, which it has, because of our media and when they bring you to trial and and deliver you out do not be anxious beforehand what you are to say but whatever is given you in that hour for it is not you who speaks but the holy spirit so i always wonder like what will i do what will i say and this right here tells me don't worry about it because Mm -hmm. the holy spirit will speak through me or whoever um, because it's him speaking And brothers will deliver brother over to death, and father his child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated for my name's sake, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. So there's that verse. Mark 13, verse 13. So the one who endures to the end will be saved. So that just basically shows us that we have got to stand firm. Um, I don't know that if a lot of people believe that it's end times. Um... I have no, I know it is because, I mean, it's just, we're just, it's went like that. And we hear the earthquakes and the rumors of war and everything. So, um, let's see, what else do we have over here for persecution? Um, Jesus opens the sermon on the, on the mount and he describes a series of blessings known as the Beatitudes. Blessings granted to the true believers, true servants of God, along with reward that will be experienced in the new kingdom of heaven. In the eighth beatitude, Jesus declares, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. And that's for Jesus' name. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's Matthew 5.10. Mm-hmm. So we have all these verses that are to comfort us. So um, these are the verses that you should have on your wall, in your car, on your mirror, because you don't ever know when you know, it's going to come for you. Um, But then also understand that some people will suffer for doing evil. So there is definitely judgment and discipline carried out on earth. Mm -hmm. Um, But Jesus offers blessings to those who are persecuted for actually pursuing the kingdom of righteousness and because of their faith in Jesus. And that's 1 Peter 2.20. If you suffer for doing good, no, this is 1 Peter 2.20. If you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. So just understand that we're going to be standing in front of Jesus one day. And we're going to be judged for our works and what we did here on earth, not for our sin. If you are, if you are under the blood of Jesus and you call him your Lord, um, your sins are covered. Um, it does not mean that you continue in sin. You lay your sins down. A lot mm-hmm. of people, they'll say, oh, well, everyone sins. Yeah, everyone sins. And we will sin until the day that Jesus comes back. But we have chosen sin in our life, like what we watch, what we listen to, how we speak to other people, how we 
you know, the words that we use, um, those are chosen sin, how you live out your life. Um, we just did desires of the flesh. And, you know, if you don't, if you didn't hear that one, I recommend that you go back and listen to the desires of the flesh because I fell into several of those and still see where I have to work and lay down my fleshly desire mm-hmm. to walk in the spirit. So the that's a worldly excuse that says, oh, everyone sins. Yeah, we all know that. But people who say that are the people who love their sin and they want to justify, they want approval for their sin. And that's what we have to stand up against. Um, so we just have to understand that persecution is coming. And, and you know, it may be for you uh, with family. It may not, it, it may be very small for where you live or work, or it may be very great. And you may be the only one standing. And I used to wonder why on Pinterest I would always pull those verses that say, um, you know, stand up for what is right, even if you stand alone. And I never knew those verses would be comfort verses for me or encouraging verses for me um, to stand firm. Because it's not easy. It is the hardest thing to do to stand when other people come against you, to read what they say about you, to read what they say about your family. Um, but that's what Satan wants. He wants to use whatever whatever hurts you the most, that's what Satan's going to use. Mm-hmm. So if your children, then he's going to come for your children. You're going to have to protect your children. Um, there is no Christian right now that should be coming after someone or telling someone else to be silent. I've seen a lot of Christians, a lot of good Christians say, well, if you can't say something nice, don't say something at all. Get behind me, Satan. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to say. Don't tell someone to be silent because... I've seen those posts. Yes. And by people that I love. Mm -hmm. And um, I I just, I think, you know, Satan can use us with our words to not encourage one another. We're to be building each other up. I get most of my encouragement um, comes from this group right here or people that I've never met. Mm -hmm. My biggest encouragement are, are sisters in Christ and men in Christ, brothers in Christ that I have never laid eyes on. And I know one day there's going to be a big, huge reunion where, where I'll be like, oh, so that's who yeah. you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, but, but we have to stand firm. So what are some, how can we stand firm? What are, what are some things that we can do to stand firm? So we have to remember that God gives us an authority. Um, Luke ten nineteen says, behold, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Mm-hmm. And so that's a big part of like, um, I think our world right now, people yeah. love like exorcisms and mm-hmm. casting out demons and things like that. And sometimes that gets to your head Yeah. and he's like, don't rejoice in the fact that they submit to you, but that your name is, you know, you got to let it go. I feel like every one of us will be equipped. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm scared to death to ever come in. I've never seen a demon possessed person in person that I know of that I, well, I mean, I might think they are, but I, you know, (laughs) I don't know for sure. But anyway, um, but I know that if I ever do the Lord, the Holy spirit will give me just like what he says in Mark 13, 13, he, or yeah, the ones that will know that's the endure forever, but the Holy spirit will give me what I need and he will do what he needs to do through me. It's not me casting out a demon. It's not me speaking in a different language. It's not me doing any of that. It is the Holy Spirit doing it through my vessel that I have allowed him to use. Mm-hmm. And so we have to remember that. Like people who go around looking for demons to cast out, you know, that's, it's not right. It's not right. And so you focus so much on that and you shouldn't. Um, believe me, 
there's I'm sure there's plenty of demons that we come in contact every day and when it's time for if it's time for them to be cast out it will expose itself and whew, yeah. the Holy Spirit will handle it thank goodness so um, how do we stand firm we pray we read the word um, fellowship taking your thoughts captive we've taught on that before yep um, drawing near to God you persevere you wait on the Lord you seek him you strive to live righteous um, and remember who God says um, that you are um, when we pray that's one way for us to stay in constant um, yeah. connection with God and that if you only talked mm-hmm. to somebody that you claim to love once a week or at night what kind of relationship would you is that it's mm-hmm. not it that's why he says pray without ceasing because he knows and it's hard to train your it's a training it really yeah. is and it gives us our god-given authority yeah. it helps us with that yeah. and if you don't have it when you then you you won't be able to stand you it's like we're preparing right now for war i don't know i don't know when jesus is coming back i don't know when he's coming to get his church i don't know if it's going to be this year next year or 10 years from now but if if i am walking around without the word of god and I'm not prayed up, I am walking through a battlefield with no gun, no shield, no protection. You're just walking around looking at every, everything. Um, you are the most vulnerable, you know, cause he's coming after you. If you claim to be a Christian and you don't, the word of God is how we fight. It's our Mm -hmm. sword. It's time to sharpen our sword. That's the only way you're going to be able to defeat. Like they'll laugh at you if you ever do come in front of somebody who is a Christian or who is demon possessed, and you have to, you know, cast them out or whatever. They will laugh at you because you have no power. Mm-hmm. Like, give me a verse. That's what they'd say. Like, tell me a verse. They know. They probably know more than you do. You know. I, so I mean, I'd probably throw the Bible out. <laughs> yeah. You know. I mean, they they believe in Jesus because when the boy was uh, demon possessed, the demon said. Is it our time? You know, and and so they know what's coming, mm-hmm. and they fear him. And so the fact that we have authority over them, um, I was watching. Now I I could never before watch any kind of demon possessed like the exorcism or anything like that. But I watched uh, a few because I just feel like I need to kind of like desensitize myself because I've always been scared of demons. But now that I have authority over them mm-hmm. through Jesus, um. I'm just kind of looking, and we watched that uh, Nefarious. It's the new movie that's into um, just came out, and this man that played this role, you would have thought he was really demon possessed. He needs an Oscar for this, but um, I've heard it's really good. It is really good. I recommend it. Um, and so, but it it just it just shows me how smart they are, and they have power. They have power, and so your power has to come from Jesus, and you're not going to have time to run and get your Bible. Because you might not have your Bible on there. And so that's why you need battle verses that can. And, and you know, um, I think the first thing I would say is whose authority have you come in? Just like what they said to Peter and John. Whose authority do you have to possess this body? Mm-hmm. They have no authority. Mm-hmm. And so the authority um, at that moment, they know who they're messing with. You know, um, at the name of Jesus, they have to flee. They do, and it, but it's not always easy. It's not like just saying it, it can take. I listened to um, John Piper one time when he's only had one. He's this great man of God and only seen one demon possession, um, and it took hours. And she tore up this whole office, 
and tried to stab, had a little knife and tried to stab him. And they, you know, he w- he said he wouldn't have even really believed it if these people who he knew, they were saying, this is not mm-hmm. who my friend is. And it took hymns. Like, they read verses and verses and verses. And they said, in the name of Jesus. And, and then they started singing. And that's when she convulsed and the demon left. So, uh... My preachers talked about singing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, prayer unlocks um, the resources that we have in heaven. And so mm-hmm. we should be asking for wisdom. We should be asking for um, discernment, strength, yeah, all right. of those things. I, I pray every night for the Lord to increase courage. my wisdom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're going to need the courage. You're going to need the boldness. You're going to need to know that like Joshua 1, 9, it says, um, you know, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Because wherever you go, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. And so that's my verse. Even though it's Old Testament, I know that it, you know, I, 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 you have to go with the Old Testament as much as you do the New Testament, where there's some that just go with the Old Testament. They don't like the New Testament. But I know that he goes with me wherever I go. And um, he tells me not to, not to be afraid. He tells me not to be discouraged. He says, you know, you'll hear rumors of war, but don't be alarmed. So right now we're not supposed to be fear, and I really don't have fear like I thought I would have fear. Like he just he just takes care of it mm-hmm. and gives you peace, a peace that's not like the world. But you know, discipline is. Um, I was going to tell my story about Keaton. Do you have any other verses that you want to end with on persecution and um, or how to? No, just reminding everybody that if our faith isn't tested we do not know how strong our faith That's is right. and so be thankful when your faith is tested because just like you have to work out yeah. work out your you muscles you need yep. to exercise your faith salvation is signing up when you accept jesus that is signing up for the battle so i always like to say military you know you go you go to training at um i think it's i forget what the name of the island is uh, in south carolina for the marines anyway camp something something yeah you go there and um Paris Island, I think is what it's called. And you go there and you start training and they break you down. They put you through all these obstacles and you have to pass. And that's the same as the Lord, what the Lord does. He, all this, all the struggles, all the, the trials that you go through, that is testing your faith and that's making you stronger for the next battle that's coming. And so like when people are like, oh, I hate my life and I hate all this, understand that um, that is testing, and you are you're made to overcome it. You're made to be a conqueror. Um, mm-hmm. You're not a victim. You're a victor, and you have to get that mindset. But a lot of times we we're weepy, and we you know we're like oh you know and that and that's Satan. We all are negative thinkers, and so you have to recognize like there's. Have you ever met somebody who is always negative? Like every every mm-hmm. conversation is negative, and you have to help them get. The positive and that's why we did self-affirmations um, I have a bunch of staff right now that are in that place because this is a n- negative world and it's easy to pick out the negative but these verses are comfort verses that says in this world you have tons of trials but I've overcome the world mm-hmm. and so the only way that you can overcome the world is holding the garment of Jesus and so um, with my son last night he caught on fire and it was crazy we had this party to go to and they my dad who passed away taught them better than this but they didn't have diesel fuel and so they used the gasoline and oil mixture 
and it blew up in Keaton's face. Luckily, he had glasses on, and it protected his eyes and his eyebrows. That's what he kept saying to me. Do I have eyebrows? <laughs> <laughs> and he's in so much pain, and, and I'm like, son, your face is good. He had just a little bit on his forehead, and on, but his hair was singed. But they just sent me a picture of his arm. So it got up his arm and um, melted his shirt and all everything. He was on fire, and my husband came running. He was on the bobcat. They were cleaning up tree damage and had to jump on top of him to put the fire out. And so David is was kind of in shock, but he's, he's not one that really likes to think of um, things can happen. So he was like, I think he'll be okay. And so they sent me a picture of his arm, and I'm like, get him to the ER now because I've been burnt on both my arms before with hot grease. And so um, they called ahead, had an... Had an um, a wheelchair coming out and as soon as I saw my son he's 24 and as soon as I saw him get into the wheelchair I thought oh my I could have probably hit the ground but I think the Holy Spirit took over at that moment because I was everything I needed to be mm-hmm. and I don't know how because he was in so much pain but his whole hair was singed all of his beard was singed and he was just tears and red and and skin was hanging I was just like oh my gosh this is yeah is is bad, and so they finally got him, you know, out of pain, and they cleaned him up and bandaged him. And the Lord knows what you need when you need it, because I was I was distressed. I was barely hanging on. I needed to get to my car because I needed to cry. And um, so Keaton, of course, he's four pain medications in to get the pain to go away. They have his arm wrapped, and he looks at me and he starts shooting me like Iron Man. And the silliness, I needed that because it was just like, he's going to be okay, you know. (laughs) But, um, you know, I needed him to be silly at that moment walking out. And um, so last night I woke up about 3.30. That's what the Lord does to me when he wants to talk to me. And normally I get up and go outside, and I didn't. I just laid there. Um, But he still spoke to me. Um, I realized this morning I should have. I should have went out and prayed. And, and that's how your that's how your life's going to be. You're going to have regrets of, I should have done that. Mm-hmm. I should have done that. Give yourself grace because that's that's the Holy Spirit showing you, you should have done that. I called you to it. You didn't do it right. But next time, do it. And so anyway, so about 3.30 I woke up and the Holy Spirit just pressed on me that this was, like my son is 24 and... Um, he listens to sermons all the time. I believe he has a calling on his life. If you'd ever told me that, I'd be like, nope. But um, the Lord is just doing a major work in his life. And so he has some sin that he still has to struggle with. He's got some anger in his mouth. Is, um, he's that typical 24-year-old boy who thinks he knows everything. And um, so there's, a, there's still work to be done. And the Holy Spirit just, I guess it was more, he gave me a peace that was like, I have this. Mm-hmm. I know it's bad, but it could have been a whole lot worse. But I didn't kill him. You know, I, allow, I allowed this to happen. Of course, I believe it also was an attack from Satan because Keaton is in the Word. And, I, you know, he's always talking about Jesus. And he just had a Sunday where uh, a bunch of people got baptized because that's all he talks about is God. And they all listen to sermons while they mow. How many were there? There were um, five. Of his close, close friends. Yep. Yeah. And it was beautiful. And um, so... I know that that he, that's his fruit, and so Satan's mad, you know. Um, and so the Lord just gave me that, like, I didn't kill him, that, that this, this is bad, but this is discipline because I need him to empty his temple of the things that don't glorify me. 
And that's what the Lord will do. He will get your attention, whatever it takes. And my son's hard-headed. I was hard-headed. It took a lot for me. I went through a lot of suffering by my own choices mm-hmm. um, that Satan tried to destroy me with. God turned for my good. <clears throat> and so for me, I, I stand firm in that, that this is discipline. <clears throat> I messaged him and told him that I felt like it was, that, you know, God, I feel like the Lord is feeding him his word, and you can't be worldly and be filled with the Spirit. You just can't. That's why you start laying stuff down that doesn't glorify him on your own. And so he was, he's stubborn. And so the Lord just got his attention and, you know, he'll be better in a couple weeks, but every trial you go through is a test and it is, he, and you won't move any further. Uh, Keaton does love the Lord and he loves to teach and preach and, um, you know, to the people around him, but he won't go any further until he lays anger down and, his words and you know other things that he does um and he's laid a lot down and so that's what he does he wants to clean you up not perfectly Mm -hmm. but he wants to be able to use you you can't be a usable vessel if you're still dabbling in the world um you will constantly be i mean i when i look at the the desires of the flesh i still have so much work to do but I've laid a lot of stuff down, and so that's what you kind of have to do is be like, okay, Lord, what do you, what, what in me that I do or say or talk or use that doesn't glorify you that you need me to be set apart so other people can see Jesus in me? And that needs to be our whole goal, and it will get you in trouble. It will get you in front of judges and mm-hmm. might take you to prison, might, might lose your life, but I believe that in, in those moments, you are so strengthened. We talk about Stephen when they were stoning him. <clears throat> James, when they were when they were stoning him, I don't believe they felt it. And I think Stephen saw heaven, and I just think that the Holy Spirit gives you what is needed in that moment. And so I hope this encourages you to look at your life and see what side of the line that you're on. Mm-hmm. Um, because it matters now. This, this is the season we're in, and it's it's no it's not fun and games anymore. This life is is about to be turned upside down. It already has been. It's hard for everybody. Um, not making a choice is a choice. Yes, that's exactly right. So. Being silent means that you are um, approving. And there's a verse. I don't have that verse. But when you stay silent and you don't speak against what God's Word says, you are approving of that behavior, and you will answer for that. Yeah. So, so yep. Make a decision for Jesus. That's right. That's right. We'll see you next week. Bye.